Hey, Tom. Hey, JC. How you doing, buddy? <sighs> I know. Me too. Watching wrestling at 12 o'clock on a Thursday will make you <laughs> exhausted the rest of the day. Because you're, really? so, you're so excited from celebrating uh, what is one of my favorite WWE shows of all time. That I've got nothing really to say. I, I'm I don't I don't think there was actually wrestling today. There was. It was great. No. Yeah. No. The first ever Hall of Famer win a title after he went into the Hall of Fame. Shockingly, well, that's the first time that's happened. I don't know what we, took them so long, honestly. So we had uh, Mardi Gras on Tuesday. Right. And then it's like, what? Ash Wednesday was yesterday as we're recording this on a Thursday. So yesterday was Ash Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And today, I guess uh, I'm not up on Catholic religion as much as. So this must be the day of all the burials. (laughs) I mean, they were in Saudi Arabia. Well, I didn't think any of the WWE performers were reporters, so I wasn't sure. Got to begin. <laughs> uh, what do you say we just get this thing started and talk about it? I guess we have to. All right. Ring that bell for me then, buddy. Sure enough. You're listening to the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast. A proud part of the Section 3. Bringing you all the best in wrestling from WWE, New Japan, and beyond. Now, live from ringside, it's Mr. Workrate and JC. Oh, buddies. I just put somebody over. It's the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast. I just lost again. My name is JC. Here next to me at the commentary table to the stars is my good buddy, Mr. Workrate. Tom, good to be here as always, JC. Yes, on a day of new champions. Yes. Just, Tom, do you want to just go ahead and say why you're unhappy Goldberg is the new universal champion? Let's just lead off with that. You just said it. I mean, <laughs> what? I mean, do I need to go complete Robin Williams and Jumanji and go, what year is this? He had a great match today. No, he didn't. He hit three spears and a jackhammer. That's all I need. Goldberg is literally an NES wrestling game because you have two buttons that you can push so you can execute two moves. (laughs) Bill Goldberg is the original pro wrestling. (laughs) (coughs) Yet, Here's the thing. He can't do them. He, he can do one of them. He can spear and he can jackhammer. And he, no, he can't jackhammer. That's true. But when you're trying to lift Husky Harris, <laughs> things get a little difficult. He can't lift anybody. He can't lift The Undertaker. He can't lift Husky Harris. He can't. If you can't lift people, you probably shouldn't be in the professional wrestling business if not for your sake or the fan's sake for the sake of the person you're trying to lift and try not to murder. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have completely defended, um, uh, Wyndham Rotunda sandbagging Goldberg there, <laughs> but knowing Goldberg, he probably would have dropped him completely on his neck and murdered him. So that's true. I, I enjoyed it. I've always been a Goldberg mark, though. 
Yes, I know. Right. Any common listener to the show knows <laughs> knows, how much, knows my knows my love of lug my love of William Goldberg. Notice that your love for him almost eclipses my hatred of him. Yeah, it's pretty. It's close battle. So that happened today, and then I guess we're rematching it at Mania. But then, no, but then, probably not going to watch. But then someone pointed out to me. The other big note, we still have Elimination Chamber between here and there. Who cares? So are we doing the rematch of the Elimination Chamber? So why can get it back so Reigns can win it? So we keep that going? Like, I don't... That's that's okay. my only issue with this. I don't know, like... Well, I, well, I mean, I it's a good thing that I don't know what's going to happen next. I guess that's part of the joy of being a fan of professional wrestling. But Okay. So here here's the thing that I'll get into. Okay. Um, just relatively quickly uh one of the biggest mistakes that wwe did with the fiend character is put the title on him agreed in the first place especially as early as they did i think it was way too early um there's a reason if you look at the champions of wwe especially in the attitude era you see how relatively little time the undertaker actually held the title compared to Shawn Michaels compared to Steve Austin compared to triple H of all the top pillars of champions. It was pretty much taker who had it the least, if anything, he had it more, I think when he was biker taker than he did as the quote unquote dead man. Oh, definitely. But that was because of the aura of the Undertaker gimmick. You kept that separate from championships. Championships were, you know, held by particular wrestlers and you had a separate way of booking championships outside of the whole um, undead kind of comic book aspect of the Undertaker's gimmick. That's what you have in Bray Wyatt is you also have this kind of relatively unbelievable suspend disbelief kind of gimmick in the fiend that you just kind of play off of that and see how people approach it. And you know, the whole psychological warfare, that type of thing. Once you get a title involved, then it just becomes convoluted because you know, basically that you're killing the gimmick the moment he loses that title because you've, You've made this unbeatable character pretty much. We've seen we saw with Daniel Bryan, we saw with other past challengers, Seth Rollins, that type of thing, that the fiend was this seemingly unbeatable character. Mm-hmm. And you painted yourself into a wall when you put the title on him. But there's this belief, I guess, in WWE land that okay, our number one draw has to be the person that has the title as well, which is not true. We we know that as professional wrestling fans, we know that a... That doesn't have to be the case. This isn't, you know, the 70s where your biggest draw is the champion that travels to all the various territories that, you know, people pay money for, along with the local yokels that, you know, wrestle in the territory, mm-hmm. you bring in the flair, the Harley race, someone like that, who is the draw that gets the people from the outside looking and going, Oh, so-and-so is coming into town. We don't normally see him. Let's go buy the ticket. That's not how it works in professional wrestling nowadays. 
Right. So you don't need the top draw to also be the champion. Well, and I personally, I always look at the, the way I would prefer a championship be used is to elevate somebody rather than like Wyatt and the Fiend. That whole thing was over his rover from the beginning. People loved it. Like he like putting the strap on him doesn't take him to a new level especially because he's not someone you're going to go parade on the today show and at the New York stock exchange and in front of investors and stuff like that's just, you're not going to do that. But let's look at McIntyre, for instance, right? He wins the title off of Brock at mania. Let's say that kind of propels him to that next level. I mean, he's over now, but it makes him, it truly takes him from, and this is me using WWE speak since that's what we're talking about, but it takes him from, being the sports entertainer to actually becoming a WWE superstar. Because, you know, when he goes out in front of Joe Schmo with the belt, it adds that level of prestige to him. Right. Um, and, and Wyatt never needed that. The Fiend never needed that. Um, no, the fee- the I mean, you might would... want to get to that point one time where you give him the championship is. And when you do it, he has a year run, right? Like as a reward for you've been knocking it out of the park. Like, now's your chance to be monster heel on top. And then you use him with the strap to elevate the next superstar. <laughs> right. And, and the thing with the fiend is it, it, the, the thing that I never completely got either was the fact that the fiend was over as a character, which was a separate character from Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, we'll call him the children's host or whatever, but that other character of Bray Wyatt, like they, they initially, when they first reintroduced the character, they brought in Bray and they brought in, you know, the whole weird kind of children's entertainer type thing. And it's the, the fiend was something that kind of came out it, it was something that existed, but it was, you know, like a side that you didn't necessarily want to bring out. It was, it almost seemed like when they initially started booking him, that it would be similar to how uh, Finn Balor had his demon persona. Yep. Like, okay, you've crossed him. You you don't want to make him angry. Now you've, now you've drawn it out. Oh God, you're in trouble now. That type of thing. Yeah. But then they realized, oh, the fiend seems really cool. The fiend's going to be the wrestler. You know, we're never going to. And see that if you really wanted to put the belt on him and then realized, okay, we've painted ourselves into a corner. Why not try that approach? Why not somehow? I mean, and they had him wrestle, I think, a match on SmackDown or something like that. Why not have, you know, children's entertainer Bray Wyatt come out and then trick him into like a match or something like that so that the the fiend isn't necessarily there and then get the belt off of him that way like an impromptu match like he comes out and it's just like oh you know does you know some kind of promo or something like that and then he gets tricked into a match and you end up taking the belt off of him that way and then you've you've still protected the fiend character but yeah my my counterpoint to that is because he's only wrestling as the fiend that at least WWE has the foresight to only really let him wrestle as that 
in pay-per-view situations and in big situations. So it keeps Wyatt, the Fiend, the belt even more prestigious because when you get a chance to see it, it becomes a big moment. Right. So I, I, don't, I don't know what know. you do with it now. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I mean, like I said, they're running it back, whether it's Elimination Chamber or at WrestleMania. Who knows? But they're, they're not going to put the belt back on Fiend. They're, you've got the belt on Goldberg. They're going to weigh that into WrestleMania. But then who, so you who can you have, have Goldberg at WrestleMania. At, and who's he putting? I don't. That's my you thing. You have to get the belt off of him. Who's he putting over? You know, it's... right? Yeah, like who wins that elimination chain? Say Goldberg is carrying the gold to Mania. Like who? Who's there? Like you're not going to put Reigns against him. That just doesn't make sense. Corbin is I mean, the only name I can think of off the top of my head, right? I don't know. I mean, it, I guess there is the possibility of like them completely taking Goldberg as the Saudi Arabia. We requested this. We wanted to have this type thing. And then you essentially erase. I mean, I feel like that's that. what's happening is it'll get it'll just get retconned real fast. But it's so dumb. But I don't know. I don't know what power over. I'll, I'll say what power over booking technically. You know, this Saudi Arabia deal actually has. Like we we've seen that they're requesting these older wrestlers. The Yokozuna. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting on that one. Yeah, if Vince can make that happen. I put all my faith in him. Um, I will say my favorite part of the Goldberg win was Macaulay Culkin's tweet afterwards. It was oh, just, can't, I just canceled cancel my tickets to Tampa Bay. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, of all the people, I would, which, I mean, we all know he's a big fan. It was just, it was just funny saying that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. My other, the second biggest thing, this is my second biggest piece of news coming out of Super Showdown. The streak continues, Tom. Mansoor, Mansoor, 2-0, baby. 2-0 at home. Yay. That kid's going to be good. He's got a ways to go, but he oozes charisma. Well, you know, you figure one match per every Saudi Arabia show. That gets him, what, two, three matches, maybe a year. So, yeah. I mean, eventually he'll be... Not green enough I, when the time comes 10 years from now, once he gets yeah a whole 15 matches under his belt. I hope they utilize him more in NXT after after WrestleMania when everything kind of shakes out a little bit. There's some space because uh, I like him. He's, he's fun. Uh, number three, The Undertaker has returned. I think this is the first time I've ever watched The Undertaker's entrance and been like, holy crap, this is taking way too long. It finally, it finally happened to me. Welcome to the real world. I know. Uh, he uh, replaced Rey Mysterio in the gauntlet match for, match 
after Gallows and Anderson murdered Rey Mysterio and Gorilla. Uh, he beat AJ Styles at the end of that gauntlet match to win the prestigious, hold on, what was the name of it? The Tariq Mountain Trophy or whatever. Prestigious was the word of the day today. The trophy from Nickelodeon Guts, as <laughs> Brian Satin pointed out. Yeah. Everyone thought it, yeah. It was the aggro crag. <laughs> and it wouldn't have been as bad if it was like an actual trophy looking thing. But the fact that the the majority, like the whole top half, was, you know, like Lucite that was carved out with a, with a light on the inside. So, I mean, it was the aggro crag. So it looked like a piece from the game Blockus. I have no idea what that is. You should look it up. It's a fun game. Blockus. Is it? Is yeah. it? Is it spelled phonetically? It's like block us. Yeah. Block oh, us. Blockus. I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah, it's one of those things where you take all the you have a whole bunch of colored shapes, kind of like Tetris looking pieces, mm-hmm. and there are rules where you you have to. Um, you go point to point with another one of your pieces and you put them down and it just it just goes to the point where you start to run out of space and whoever uses the most pieces is the eventual winner. It's one of those, you know, quick to learn, difficult to master games. So, okay. Yeah. Huh. I thought it was going to be like a really old game since you brought it up, but it was released in 2000. So feel good about yourself tonight, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I... I I get to bring this point up like who really is the old one out of the two of us when I'm going, geez, I'd like to see new people pushed. And you're like, you know, it was great booking the mid nineties. <laughs> it was, you can't argue. You can't say <laughs> for pushing the business forward and making the business one of the most popular things on the planet. That wasn't the best time. Our ratings are nowhere near that right now. Was it a great time? Sure, it was a great time. It was 20 years ago. Yeah. Everything old becomes new again, Tom. No, it doesn't. Goldberg's going. are still old. The ones who are not dead are, are old. Goldberg's going 300 something and 0 again right now. Because he's 53 years old. I don't care. I love Bill. As long as we get Sunberg back out of this, it's all worth it. I need shirtless Sunberg running around the ring again. Dude's going to be that kid's like 30 now. (laughs) He had an NXT North American title run. So speaking of titles that seem to fade into the background, which I shouldn't make fun of because Keith Lee has it though. Um, let's see what else happened on the show. Remember when we, when we killed, and if his momentum at the Royal Rumble wasn't that cool, they kill his momentum. He was a made man from that. Having Brock, Be- so let's talk he about made that. Brock con- Lesnar stutter. Oh boy, Dude, that's impressive. the entire the entire point of that Brock thing. Granted, and it was better than Ricochet. Okay, yes, we can get to Remember that. When Ricochet was worth a damn. Oh God, everyone wants to blame it on his his. Uh, ability to present himself on the mic and like with charisma and I'm like are you kidding me like he reads really well I don't understand that thought process they did him dirty today you like 
that made me mad. I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm an OG Ricochet fan going back and back and back. It didn't make me mad because I expected it to happen. I mean, I knew it would too. But I was hoping at least this was one of those situations because this is how they've booked Brock lately, right? When he faces a smaller guy, like it's at least an eight minute match in the first five and a half minutes or the little guy, they got one up on him. But we are on the road to Mania, so Brock's going to look strong. He's dropping that belt to Drew, right? There's no way. I've gotten to the point where I don't care. (laughs) I don't. I don't care. Should he drop it? Sure. Are they at the point where it's almost Russo-esque booking where you sit there and go, they want it to happen? Well, I got to do a swerve, brother. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll have it happen on Raw the next day. (laughs) They'll never expect that. Yeah. But then again, I think the way they use Brock goes back what i was talking about with wyatt right like you've you've got to use that belt to propel the next superstar and brock's the right guy to have murder everyone so when you're the person that finally beats him you become a made man and even if you're one of those people that have a show it like a good showing against him that elevates you to the next level whether you lose or not who is at close i mean they did a good job like with McIntyre, they managed to get him to that point because of the whole build during the Rumble and that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, they did. They Who else is even close to that point right now? Roman. He's done it before. But does anyone want to see him in that role right now? Because because there's still the the after linger of that continuous two and a half year push where we put him in every main event and people got tired of it. I think we're getting to the point now with Roman where you've got to put a push on him at some point for the title. And I I mean, against Wyatt, I think is, is the right decision there. I Um, mean, I think they're, how do we get back to that? I don't know. I think they're afraid to, because they're kind of in this little happy place right now where it's like, well, we're we're not booing Roman out of the building right now because we had the goodwill, the the fight back from cancer and all that, yeah. and he's well, we managed to kill all the boos and everything like that. So it, it we're we're kind of afraid almost to put him in something that where the crowd's going to turn against him again. It's like the crowd's not going to turn against him against Baron Corbin. I mean, no one's going to cheer for Corbin. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll all just turn against the match. Bubble. Yeah. I, I don't think Roman even needs a belt at this point. Still going back to the point I made about Wyatt, right? Like he's a made man superstar in front of everybody, right? He's the face. He is one of the faces of the company. Without a doubt. He carries himself well. He's so well-spoken. You can put him on any TV show in any situation. You can put him in an animated movie with Will Arnett and Becky Lynch, apparently. Uh, But I love how we can say we don't need to put a belt on him, but yet we put belts on Brock and Goldberg. Because those people need belts. Well, you you put the belt on Brock to make the next guy. I get that. Like, I'm not against that. He is he is easily the greatest heel of all time. 
in professional wrestling because he of his of his ability to make a new star, a new superstar at such a high level instantly because of his presence, because of because of what a draw he is, because of who he is, he can bring somebody to that level with him. He's as good as Flair at that. Of all time might have been a stretch, Tom. Let's say of the modern era. <laughs> since since the Attitude Era. <laughs> he's he's the GOAT. Cena was right. He made he made McIntyre at the Rumble. He made uh Keith Lee at the Rumble. Everybody knows who Keith Lee is now. Because no, of Brock Lesnar. I disagree. I we live in this, but you think that because we live in this like little bubble, right? We live in this this smarky bubble. Who the fuck knows who Keith Lee is? Who watches SmackDown or Raw every week? Who doesn't watch NXT? I think now they do because you oh. you made him at the Rumble, and so when you're ready to pull the trigger on bringing him up, everybody goes. The, You're going to say Keith Lee to somebody who the the 55 year old average viewer of Raw that turns around and goes, "Oh, who's Keith Lee?" He's going to be like, "What?" I do because of because of that remember, because remember of that moment the at the black, Rumble, black guy who fought Brock Lesnar. Oh, him. Yes, because no, dude, that was two months ago. That's gone now. No, Vince may no? think this. That's thinking like Vince now. Vince is the one that thinks that everybody Keith can't remember think for 30 ring. seconds. The two minutes Keith Lee was in the ring where he did something that made Brock Lesnar, oh, maybe he's going to do And then Brock eliminates him, and then we don't talk about him on the main show for two months. That made his rub? Oh, boy. It, it doesn't make it now, but when, when he comes up, when he's ready, so it makes him in NXT, right? Like they when he's on NXT, they talked about it. NXT is the third brand. He's already a big thing in NXT. NXT is the third brand. It doesn't matter if he's bigger than SmackDown or Raw. It's as big as the other two. Okay. But the moment they would want to move him, now they've got that reference point of, this is the guy that stood up to Brock Lesnar. The same show that constantly shows you replays, in case you missed it from 15 seconds ago, here's the thing again. I'm going to have Michael Cole remind you of things every five minutes over and over and over again. We're expecting these same fans to remember, remember that guy who was in the Royal rumble for 90 seconds. They should, they should do that. The, the replay isn't all that's horse shit. We all know it. We hate, everybody hates that casual fans hate that. I don't need to go to a commercial break, then come back and watch the entire segment again. <coughs> Keith Lee was a made man at the Royal Rumble. Maybe he was, but it's gone now. Uh, yet to be seen. But on that, I can't, I can play devil's advocate on that point, but I won't disagree with it. I, I, I wish it wasn't that way. But they've laid the foundation for if he ever faces him again. All right. Let's take a break and cool down and, and talk about our sponsor. How about that? Sure. Thanks again, to Anchor. 
sponsoring this podcast. Thank you, Anchor. Turned into just Stephen A. Smith versus Stephen A. Smith there for a second. <laughs> Crab Rangoon, things of that nature. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk about Samoa Joe getting suspended. What's up because I have no idea what happened. I was hoping you had some deep insight. That I mean, almost seems like Samoa Joe's like, you know what? I really need a vacation. <laughs> After I just got back from being injured for like the eighth time. And I really don't feel like going back on the road, but they technically say I need to come back. Oh, no. I'm on steroids. <laughs> You got that John Jones picogram pop, and he just—it's <laughs> like great amount. How does Samoa Joe get pop? And Matt Riddle still running around though. Well, because it's pot. We don't. We don't actually get mad at pot. We just find people. I was gonna say it depends on what we're actually testing for. That's true. Like I just I don't. And it's never actually been specifically stated what they test for. Yeah, let me. I know on the corporate website, they have like the wellness policy statement. I haven't read it in a while, which could be the saddest statement I've ever made in my life that I haven't read the statement on the WWE corporate website in a while. You're talking to someone who reads the NHL collective bargaining (laughs) agreement at least twice a week. (laughs) Yeah. So you no longer get to, uh, you've never given me shit about reading the uh, quarterly earnings. You just you just give me shit when I do it out loud. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that was the press release on it. All right, I don't need that. Uh, vamp while I find these, this. <laughs> generally, there's uh, things like that are drugs of abuse, that type of thing. So usually, I mean, although... Obviously, you can abuse alcohol, but um, when it comes to like professional sports and things like that, they're they're looking at things like cocaine. They're looking at things like heroin, like high, like highly addictive, illegal drugs. So when it, here, according to the let me scroll back to the top so I can read the full name of this, the 2006 substance abuse and drug testing policy. 2006 here, here hereby referred to as the policy the definition of a positive test a positive test confirms the presence of a prohibited substance a prohibited drug or metabolite of a pro- prohibited substance or prohibited drug uh, in addition a test that confirms the presence of a drug metabolite concentrations in excess of levels expected when a drug is prohibited by this policy is being used consistent with therapeutic management of pain uh, will be treated as a positive test. So let's see what they're looking for here. This is good. This is good radio. It's going to say things... in here exactly what they're... No. It, oh, here it, we go. Those... Found it. Okay. God, Jesus, this is a long list. List of prohibited drugs. So there are under the A section is performance enhancing drugs. So the anabolic androgenic steroids. Right. Yeah. Generally any performance enhancing type thing. Uh, Peptide hormones, clombuterol. That's all that. Okay. Stimulants. 
Uh, so the non-medical use of amethamphetamine or amethamphetamine, sorry, methamphetamines, uh, MDMA, MDEA, MDA, PMA, and so on. Uh, the following uses of pseudofedrin, <laughs> even if purchases and over-the-counter medication with a prescription are prohibited. Maybe Joe just had allergies and got popped for pseudofed. Which makes Remember, sense because Samoa Joe, if you need to take a card to at Walgreens, if you have to pick up a card, if you can't actually take the box in your hand, if you have to bring a card, you're going to piss the hot. counter. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to get a 30 day. Yeah, um, could very well be something that simple. Uh, narcotic analgesics. Uh, heroin, morphine, and or its chemical pharmacological analogs. Uh, additionally, codeine and codeine-based combinations, including those available over-the-counter, are considered prohibited drugs if taken for a non-medical use. So, if, at least if you've got a doctor's... Right. They're, they're looking at pain pills, basically. They, they uh, don't want... Yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin Nash's favorite category, benzos. So... <laughs> Xanax, Ativan, Valium, Cerax, Restoril. Uh, they don't want anything coming out of that fanny pack. Right. Uh, barbiturates. Diuretics. Probably good there, too. Uh, muscle relaxers, of course. Sleep aids. The non-medical use of sleep aids. So it could have been on Ambien and not reported it in time. I mean, that's one of those things, too. If somebody gets a prescription and doesn't report it and they piss hot for it, they're going to lock them down for 30 days. But again, it all seems very subjective of who they want to test, uh, if they have a reason to take somebody off the payroll or something like that. Yeah, we all know that the policy is a farce. It is there to appease the stockholders. Right. And the sponsors. That's all. Um, Spice or K2 will get you popped. <laughs> bath salts. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine Samoa Joe on bath salts? That would be the scariest shit on the planet, Tom. <laughs> that that basically <laughs> is just chunky Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> just Samoa Joe running around eating people on the freeway. God, it's all a story to this day. I can't. Was that in Miami? And that was like 10 years ago, I feel like. Right? Yeah. But that's one of those stories I always think about. And I see like weird people. I'm like, they're going to eat me on the freeway. We were in Nashville and I fought the homeless guy. I don't know if I ever told you this story. That, that seems like a story for a different podcast. But... Yeah, well, he wanted he wanted he wanted to talk shit. And I just said, walk away. So then he, we're standing at a intersection like waiting for it to let us walk and i just kept saying walk away so he starts backing into traffic that's free flowing flipping me off screaming and of course it's on broadway in nashville there's tons of people i'm just laughing <laughs> and here's a crazy guy at that point i was not thinking he would eat me but probably should have <sighs> maybe he was drunk during the show also on the list yeah, I mean that. Those are the type of things that you. I mean, 
I don't think necessarily they're coming out with, you know, a specific drug test out of nowhere where somebody's like, oh, we didn't realize that there was a problem, but suddenly here's a drug that came out of nowhere. Right. If they're popping somebody, it's either because there's something serious in their system, which potentially is a problem or something is actually actively affecting their performance. Yeah. Like you, you messed up at some point in order to get popped. You didn't report something. You took something over the counter. You shouldn't have, which and I get why, they, you know, why suit the feds on there. Cause that shit will screw with your heart. Let's not, I, let's not be doing that in the ring, Eddie. Yeah. But I mean, you got to figure like Alicia Fox, I don't think was ever officially popped. Was she? I don't believe so. And this was something, someone who had a pretty serious alcohol problem. Mm -hmm. But, you know, nothing came about because of it. It, If anything, it was Arn who got in trouble because of it. Yeah. But, you know, other people kind of took the fall for that. But that's the thing. I mean, you've got WWE wrestlers that are going to get covered for the most part unless... Either somebody's putting somebody else in danger or someone, I mean, for the most part, they're going to want to cover their own ass. So it's, they're a danger to themselves. So if you've got somebody who has, let's say, if you have somebody who's a recreational drug user, they're probably not going to get popped for something. Yeah. But if you've got somebody who is doing it on the regular, then then they're going to have there, a concern. There's going to be a thing. It's like, oh, no, the tr- test came back, you know, positive for whatever. I mean, and who knows how often people are getting tested. This isn't like Major League Baseball that goes, okay, we're going to test somebody every six days because you're doing well or something. This is completely, you know, obligatory of whenever. They whenever get. they feel like, yeah. Yeah. And I hate that. I wish they were. I wish they we're more transparent about it. They don't, I mean, they're, they don't have to be, but I wish they were like, let's, we haven't touched this since two. It's been almost 15 years since we wrote this policy. Maybe let's tweak a little bit and be like, you know, everybody's getting, you get tested, you know, once a quarter, which I think is probably adequate. But again, it's, it's almost for their own good too, because from a PR standpoint, because you don't want to turn around and have, I mean, got like the usos getting drunk driving charges like every like three months seemingly in the past where it's all right well maybe we need to step in and do something i mean but yeah to me that's worse than a smoked pot which right as i said they don't you know in theory don't if you have an issue and i mean that's that's going to be the thing it's not going to be a drug test where it's like you you've come back positive for alcohol. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be like that, but I mean, it's a thing where they're going to have to actually look at this and go, Hey, this is these are people that have an issue. And it, in the Usos case, maybe, or I say the Usos, it's one particular Uso where they're, I don't know when they're necessarily drinking. They're apparently drinking after the show and then they're driving you know, as a result of it or whatever, and then getting popped because of that, it's, 
it, it's not like a drug test is going to stop that. But I mean, that's where a policy comes into play and go, hey, we need to kind of step in and kind of oversee our people and make sure one for their own benefit that they're not doing too much harm to themselves and kind of like keeping within realistic boundaries, but two also making ourselves look good so that we don't have a, a PR situation where people are getting arrested because they have a ton of drugs on them or they get caught at the border or they end up getting into an accident where they kill someone because they've been driving under the influence or something right. along those lines. Because while those things are horrible as well for them, it's still a PR issue as well because you had a policy in place. If these guys are getting drunk after a show and then they're driving and then potentially getting into an accident and injuring or killing someone, why didn't you as a company step in there and go, Hey, we should have seen this I, coming. I honestly wonder how much of that they go to. Well, they're independent contractors, so it's not, it's not us. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, it's part they of the can, issue too. They can flip that, but I mean, at the same sure. time, you can say that about the Benoit situation and then, but they still had to answer for that anyway. Right. Yeah. To an extent. Right. Um, we gotta, you don't want to have another Benoit situation. Oh God, no, never again. Um, get another pay-per-view on Saturday night. AEW revolution. I guess it's, this is their second since dynamite, right? Cause first was full gear. Yep. This will be number two. Let's go through that card. Chris Jericho and Moxley for the world championship. That should be interesting. I you, mean, you, know, a, you know, Jericho is a guy from 20 years ago. Who's holding gold. Yeah, but he can work and match longer than six minutes. I don't care how long the match is. Okay. He's old Tom. <laughs> I was very happy with three spears and a jackhammer. It worked 20 years ago. If you can't see the difference that we shouldn't even be having this conversation. <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, MJF takes on Cody. Talk about a build. Yeah, it's so well done. Like every every piece of it. They should have whoever wins this loses to Scott Hall in like 14 seconds after the match is over. <laughs> That's great booking. That's good shit. <laughs> uh um, Kenny Omega and Adam Page are going to do some cowboy shit uh, against the Young Bucks for the World Tag Team Championships. Um, that Omega pack Iron Man match. So beautiful. Tom, I know you haven't watched it yet. But you gotta, you gotta see it, buddy. It, it's almost like Kenny's taking it a little bit personal now that like people are going, oh, well, why? Why have they booked him so badly? You know, he, he's 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 mid card talent now at this point. Like, he, does he even win a big match? He listened to me two weeks ago. He listened to us two weeks ago. Now he's pissed. 
So you're welcome, world. We did this for you. Uh, Jake Hager takes on Dustin Rhodes. Sure. Uh, Darby Allen takes on Sammy Guevara. That'd be fun. That could be fun. Flippy shit central, my friend. Someone's going to take an extremely painful bump in that match. Uh, it, Dar- Darby will be the one that takes the bump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be his usual spot of, I'm going to do this cool thing. Uh-oh, reversal. I'm dead. Maybe they'll put him in a body bag again like they did when he was in Evolve. He lost an I quit match because someone put him in a potty bag and beat the shit out of him. And they filled it with thumbtacks. <laughs> it's disturbing. Uh, Nyla Rose defends the women's championship against Chris Statlander. That'll be good. Maybe. Should be. Yeah. Uh, in the WTF match of the night, Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Now, see, sometimes you have these matches just it, for the whole, you know, yeah. train wreck possibility. Exactly. And, and not train wreck as in, wow, this is a horrible Goldberg match, but train wreck as in, like, <laughs> how the hell are they going to book this? Yeah. Well, you can't look away. Right. I mean, I, I would assume you pack wins, right? Without a doubt. I'd think unless there's some kind of interference. Uh, get the best friends running in or I would something. say, I would say, uh, the best friends aren't booked anywhere else on the, on the card. So, but, and Cassidy can, Cassidy can work his butt off. So it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be like, I think we had this discussion. We were talking about the Suzuki Cassidy match. That's uh deer mania weekend. It's going to be like the first five minutes are going to be comedy. And then it's like, it's going to go down. Yeah. This is his warm up match for that. Uh, and then on the pre-show, uh, SCU takes on the Dark Order. Who's the higher power, Tom? Or whatever we're calling it. What is it called? The high, not the higher power. I just want... Speaking of old things, what's the higher power? Maybe it is the higher power. I don't remember. Something along those lines. Yeah. Who's it going to be? I also hate this gimmick. It doesn't... Eh. We want to do real sports feel, and we got this this crap going on. You tried it with Nightmare Collective 2 and had to drop that because it was terrible. Maybe do it here. Just yeah, it's going to be interesting when it's Hat Marty. <laughs> he's going to NXT, man. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. I can't wait to see Matt Hardy in NXT. Where he can fight Goldberg. Matt, I just want to see Matt Hardy and Adam Cole cut promos on each other. And Adam Cole's just like, what is, oh my god, Matt Hardy and Velveteen Dream. They're not going to let Matt Hardy do anything. They're they didn't want to have him do the initial stuff in the first place. They wanted to write him off. True. And he ended up having a good match with, or a good angle with right. Orton. So they're like, oh, let's do it again next week and do the same thing. We forgot that people like this. We forgot that we were pushing old guys. Mm-hmm. We got to make, you got to build Randy back up before Edge comes back. So it worked. Uh, what else we got? What else is going on this week, Tom? What else is 
happening in the wrestling. Uh, New Japan had to cancel a bunch of shows. Yeah. We're all going to die. Well, they've canceled a bunch. Uh, well, pretty much everyone in Japan has, right? Like they have. I know all Japan did. Stardom did. Interested to see what, I mean, what was it yesterday? We got the breaking news that the first confirmed case in America that wasn't from a direct source of contact happened. Like that's comforting. Yeah. And then the stock market bottomed out today. Good time to be alive, Tom. Hashtag for now. <laughs> to, to which part? The good time part or the being alive part? The being alive part. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm just scrolling through the internet here to see if there's anything else I want to talk about. My new car is already in the shop. Yeah, I saw you say something about having a loaner already, and I was like, I got really confused. Well, I noticed when I was driving it this, uh, I guess last week, um, because, you know, you take a test drive with a car and you kind of only get to go kind of around the block and you don't really get to actually open it up and that type of thing. That there was like a hum coming from one of the wheels. It wasn't completely like, you know, shaking or anything like that. But there was like a hum when you would turn to the right, not to the left bearing on um, the bed. So I mean it's covered under warranty, so Damn. I took it back to CarMax and I'm just like, why don't you guys take a look at this and fix it? Yeah. That's so nice. it was apparently a uh a uh wheel bearing. Yep. I had that years ago on my little car. So uh we got new living room furniture delivered today. Oh, that's good. So, yeah, that's what's happening. And it's crazy days. <laughs> but oh, the, oh, being adults, Tom. I was going to say the the <laughs> loaner that I got is the same model year as the car that is in the shop right now. And it's the same kind of because. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, I bought a 2017 Mazda 6, which it's 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 a fun car. Um, a bright red one, too. It's pretty. Yeah. it's pretty. Tom looks sexy in that thing. I'm not going to lie. I do. Um, because uh, the Corolla finally died after 225,000 miles. It, um, it's It served its purpose. It did. It, it, <laughs> it At least twice over. I mean, I had that thing for 17 years, man. Wow. So, um, so I got a car that was bigger because my children are large and if we need to take five people to a you know place more than five minutes away i want at least a little bit of comfort and like another car that says that the corolla was not going to cut it so uh mazda 6 uh, has a nice size back seat but actually driving the thing that thing's got some get up to it which is nice. Um, but now having that wheel bearing taken care of, they gave me a 2017 Ford fusion to drive. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine enough. It oh, could stand to have a few more features to it. And that's what my girlfriend's got. 
I'm like, this thing's fine, but it's yeah, also, it, it's also a Ford. It drives like a Corolla with a little bit more pickup to it, but I mean, yeah, yeah that's about right. But I mean, it's it's a nice enough interior. It, uh, again, the one that I'm driving right now doesn't uh, doesn't have a great package of options like the little. But it's got a nice package on the interior when you're hey in now. it. Hey now. Um, the little infotainment center. Um, you can tell that it is the the base package and not the good package because, like, there's the screen which is sadly small, and then there's kind of like a plastic area around it where, if you got the better package, like that would be the size. There would the be actual... buttons here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's there's a crap ton of buttons actually around it. And it's very distracting almost like, why are there so many damn buttons here? (laughs) Whereas the Mazda six has like a touch screen, which the touch screen only, the touch screen only technically works when the car is not moving because they want to do safety and they want to make sure that you're not, you know, playing with the damn screen as you're driving. But Outside of that, there's like a a dial on the center console near the, you know, the shifting thing where you put in a drive. I don't know what technically you call that, but, um, but yeah, cool. That's all the. I mean, the, it, it's a little dial thing that you can kind of select and push the button, and it's you don't have to worry about. Again, it looks like. The, the Ford has looks like a calculator, man. It's just way too many buttons. <laughs> you get you from point A to point B, right? That's yeah, all, I mean, that's, all you need. <laughs> that's how, that's how I have cars. They can have it back tomorrow, and it'll go back for sale at CarMax, and you can yeah. buy it. Uh, and if you, my farts in it. There you go. And if you want to help Tom buy his car, go to Anchor.fm/slash/CheatersNeverPin. Click the support button on the front page and kick us some money every month as a thank you. Yeah, because my insurance is a lot more now after <laughs> once you, once apparently once you actually have a car that has value, insurance costs more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm dreading that about instead of my two thousand six Saturn Ion when the day comes that I buy a new one. I'm like, oh God. Oh, all right. Let's get out of here, Tom. Tell the people where they can find you on the internet. Go to the Twitter machine at Mr. Workrate at MR Workrate. Uh I guess you can go to the CarMax app. I'm part of that now, but I don't think there's actual social media content for that. But you want to go on Twitter and talk to me about cars. I can give you suggestions of financing and things like that. Uh, You can find me on the internet at JCBobbit at JCBobbitt, wherever finer social media is purveyed. You can find the show on Twitter at CheatersNVRPIN. You can find us on Facebook, CheatersNeverPIN. Give us a big blue thumbs up. Tell us how much you like us. Uh, and then, of course, like I just said, anchor.fm. Click the support button, kick us some money every month. And thanks to Anchor for being the sponsor of this week's episode of the Cheaters Never Pen podcast. Thank you. So we'll be back next week. We'll talk about AEW Revolution. Uh, right? Re- Revolution? Yes. That sounds right. I thought I said Revolution the first time. And then I was like, no, no, that's not their thing. Justin Fox not here. Ooh, thank God. Um, yeah, so we at least know that's going to happen next week. And we'll also talk about Goldberg's triumphant reign 
is Universal Champion seven days later. Just keep petting his cat. <laughs> that'll keep my sanity. So until the next Cheaters Never Pin, I'm JC. I'm Tom. And we'll catch you on the flip side.